Hello and welcome to Idol Rumble, the official K-pop podcast at LiveRumble.com, where we discuss weekly topics around all things K-pop. We're recording on July 26, 2022. I'm Rob, editor-in-chief at Lobby Rumble, and I'm joined by our first-time guest, Vincent. Vincent, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, some of your favorite groups, and how you first got into K-pop? Hey, how's it going? First of all, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on my first official podcast that mm-hmm. I've participated in. Um, as you have mentioned, my name is Vincent. I'm a public servant who works in comms by day. I'm a dancer at heart and I'm an army 24 <laughs> seven. Um, I'll start by sharing how I got into K-pop and then share some of my favorite groups. So, mm-hmm. um, my boyfriend who was actually a recent guest, um, on the show, Royce, if any of the listeners are familiar with him in that episode, um, he's actually been into K-pop for much longer than I have, um, mm-hmm. grew up exposed to it. And when we got together, he would, um, you know, listen to it and play it around me. But I didn't gravitate toward it at the time. Um, we've been together for about like six years um, at this point. But I think in 2018, when he got into BTS, um, I actually enjoyed the music and, and <laughs> what I was hearing. And that was kind of like a catalyst and a gateway to me. Um, you know, one, becoming an army. I always say, um, before I knew it, I like looked below at my feet and the ground beneath me just like fell and I looked up and I was just like in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I became like an army without even realizing it. Um, And again, was just exposed to, you know, Korean culture at large and K-pop in, you know, particular. um, And that was, that was great. So, um, my favorite groups, obviously BTS, as I mentioned. Um, I am Virgo biased. I'm a <laughs> Virgo myself. So Namjoon and JK are my favorites. Um, I'd say out of the girl groups, Blackpink is probably my favorite. I know that sounds very mainstream, but it's true. Um, <laughs> I do gravitate towards them uh, more out of the out of the girl groups. And then I'll have to throw Astro in there. I don't know if mm-hmm. you can relate to this, but in the streaming era, like I tend to like a lot of songs. I use Spotify and often like, I don't know the name of the song or the artist per se. And one day, like I was looking at my Spotify and I had noticed like, I have a lot of Astro songs (laughs) saved on here, but I'm not like into the members and know every single one, you know, like I do um, BTS, but um, I do like their sound. And then Beyond that, um, you know, just Korean R&B and hip-hop in general. Nice. Um, you know, I grew up in the, um, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. So, you know, in, you know, throwback R&B hip-hop music was, you know, my, like, jam growing up. So, um, again, BTS has a lot of, you know, hip-hop R&B influences. So, I think once I heard that in K-pop, um, I, like, fell in love with it and then, you know, have fallen in love with others um, like Kai, Jay Park, Woods, um, Juni, who I'm actually seeing in September. Nice. So I'm excited about that. Um, so, so yeah, that's a, a little about me and some of the groups uh, I'm into. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast and welcome. Uh, I'm actually surprised myself that I haven't delved too deep into Korean R&B and hip hop because back on the English side of things, like that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite genres, but just in K-pop, it's just, there's too much already in K-pop alone, like with idol, <laughs> with idol groups, because I am yeah a multi-stand that it's just hard keeping track of everybody. And like, even now I'm just going back and watching a lot of like, um, their, a lot of my groups, vlogs and YouTube content that there's just too much. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good thing, though. It's like there's so much to consume and it makes it like more more fun, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good problem to have, I guess. <laughs> it's almost too much at this point because I think not too long ago, there there's like always droughts of content. Now it's just like everyone's doing like V lives and posting vlogs and stuff like that. But I'm actually even like uh, I was bummed out that... Um, I was sort of slacking when Astro came to San Francisco when I was still working there that Ooh. I was sort of like the day of looking for tickets, like going on like Facebook marketplace and stuff. And I couldn't find anything. So I was, cause I was like, Oh, I'm not sure if Astro's going to sell out, but lo and behold, sold out show. Can't find tickets that 
like okay i'll just go home instead no because when, oh, how long ago when was their show uh it was a while ago i think it was like maybe 2018 or something like that okay okay i thought you meant recently i was oh, like no, i should have no. went <laughs> i was like wait a minute were you in k-pop that long ago like pre like a few years before pandemic 2018 yeah that that's when we fell in love with bts so i mean not long after like in that same year mm-hmm. um yeah i became came exposed to the rest of like k-pop so yeah it's been a it's been a little while at this point okay yeah because especially in pandemic years you factor that in time <laughs> just like <laughs> is like so warped but yeah mm-hmm. but yeah uh welcome Thank to the podcast <laughs> yeah thanks for having me uh for the check-ins section for me uh for my week I binge watched the heck out of uh, Extraordinary Attorney Wu, or Wu. Oh, um, How was it? It's crazy because um, at least recently I've only been following um, either really really popular K dramas, which this is, or my main mm. one. My main fallback is just uh, my favorite K idols uh, dramas, and mm. then sort of like the idol dramas at least the interesting ones have sort of dried up for me that i was like oh, yeah. let's go check out like wildly popular ones and then i was like okay i don't really know anybody like i think i there's like one girl from hospital playlist that's in there that i'm that i know but other than that i think i don't know anyone else other than like some like minor roles who just like pop up every every now and then but it's a really good show like um i don't usually emote when i'm watching stuff like um you know Mm. like if you're watching if you're if you're a sports fan and you're like wilding out for your team or yeah (laughs) like even at cons or i guess at concerts i'm i'm a little vocal but even if i'm still like pretty reserved but yeah for um for dramas i unless it's like super emotional i don't really i don't think i've actively balled out i usually tear up when something's like sad but Mm-hmm. I think this is the first show where I've actively teared up almost during every episode. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's that good because... What's, um, what's the premise of the show? I've heard it's a good one. Yeah. So the premise is that um, there's this girl who has... who I believe they called it like autism spectrum or something along the lines mm-hmm. of that. So she doesn't have like full-blown autism, but she like... Um, she definitely like the big part of her autism is that she doesn't really have that many um social skills but the good thing or the positive about her autism is that she's just really good at um memorizing stuff and so she uh... um her dad was like an attorney at one point that he had like uh, law books lying around that she would just while he was out she would read those books and then uh, I guess for the longest time she wasn't speaking at all, but one day he'd come home and then she'd just be like reciting a bunch of like uh, uh, laws that were in the books. So using that skill, she went to law school. She had like um, near perfect scores, almost uh, got a perfect score on the bar exam and stuff like that and ended up being a an, an attorney. Yeah. So like using that, using those skills and her like, inability to like how like social skills just like plays into like oh she's really smart but oh she doesn't really know how to be uh very yeah. sociable and all of the episodes they're pretty much all standalone except for there's like pretty much a through line that goes through them but mm-hmm. it, it's a really good drama i'd highly highly recommend it yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I have a I have a cousin who's on the autism spectrum, so like mm-hmm. this hits home for me. And it reminds me of another drama I watched recently. I don't know if you've seen it. I think it came out last year. It's called Move to Heaven. Uh huh. Have you seen that one? I've seen part of it, but uh, because that came out during like the time that like we were all stuck at home. That I think like the long the short of it is that I was, I got my mom into K drama, so she. They could stop watching the news all the time. And then mm-hmm. we were, we watched like the first episode. And then so whenever I'm not home, she always just like zooms through, through the K-Java. So I just never got back. Yeah, I never went back to watch it, but I, it's definitely something I need to watch. Yeah. Revisit, especially, especially with attorney Wu. I'm going to 
check that one out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as of this recording, there are eight episodes. I think at the end of this week, there's, the ninth one's going to come out. But highly oh, recommend. Okay. I, know highly you said recommend. You, I know you said you binged it. I was like, that's short for a drama, but it's still ongoing. As oh, yeah. Of now. yeah, and also they're, they're like um, an hour and some change each. So like, I binged it over a couple of days, but compared to what I'm going to talk about later, I binged that in like a single day. But we'll talk about that later. Mm. Uh, so that was Extraordinary Attorney Woo. And now it's time for new releases. In this section, we highlight and talk about some of our favorite releases from the previous week. And for the list this week, there are quite a lot. And I may remind you that uh, these lists are catered to sort of like stuff that stick out to me and stuff that I think might stick out to the general public in, that listens to K-pop. So let's get to it. On the 19th, Stacy made their comeback with Beautiful Monster. Same day, we got NCTU with Rainy Day. On the same day, we also got Zico with Soul Drift. On the 20th, Zico. we have... <laughs> on the 20th, we have Hyuna with Nabilera. And then we have Exodentary Heroes with Test Me. And bringing up the rear is P1 Harmony with Doom Do Doom. On the 21st, we have Inhypen with Paradox Invasion. Followed by Astro with You and Iverse, which is a universe release. And then we have a special single by Weekly with Love, which is a Kim Iana project. The song was originally performed by Brown Eyed Girls. And on the same day, we got Sam Felt and Monster X with Late Night Feels. On the 22nd, we got the debut of New Jeans with Attention, followed by a special single with TXT with Valley of Lies featuring Ian Dior. On the 23rd, New Jeans comes out with another music video with Hype Boy. On the 24th, we've got Lunch with Never Let's You Go, followed by Bumkey with Endemic. And finally, we have on the 25th, New Jeans again with Hurt, Purple Kiss with Nerdy, Unite with Aviator. And finally, we got Loco and Hwasa with Somebody. Vincent, since it's your first time on the show, what would you pick from 2022 so far as your favorite? Oh, man, that, this is a tough one, but I think I have to go with GOT7's recent EP, which is their 12th mini album that came out earlier this year in May. Um, you know, it was my favorite overall project from them. As I, I mentioned, you know, I, I love Korean R&B and, and mm -hmm. hip hop. Um, so I gravitated toward this sonically the the r&b vibes the beats were very smooth and almost techno um i have to shout out um na 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 i like love that song it's mm -hmm. probably going to be in my spotify wrapped um i also really love don't leave me alone um and then beyond you know just the the sound and the music like sonically i also really enjoyed like the meaning and kind of just where the groups at um you know i i I heard that they use their name as the title of the album to, you know, remember their roots as a band while mm -hmm. also, you know, rebranding and releasing music that fully represents them, um, you know, with their departure from JYP. And I just love this idea of them like honoring the past while, you know, leaving it behind and them kind of just taking control like of their careers. Um, I just, it's just very empowering. And I think it's cool to see that even, you know, them as idols being, you know, as famous and successful, like as they are, that there's still people wanting to be in control of like their careers and, and their moves and, um, you know, their music and their sound. And it also kind of reminded me too, um, I don't know if you're aware, but even in like Western, you know, music now, there's a lot of artists like wanting to own like their masters. I think Taylor Swift is like, in a big fiasco like mm -hmm. with that and even just smaller artists like with contracts and you know there's a whole business to this that sometimes we might not think of as like fans per se um so i just enjoyed that aspect of it too and um you know for them to kind of be in control of like their you know their sound and stuff for it to be something that i like gravitated to and enjoyed i think like the meaning of it and then what i heard just kind of like you know i think overall kind of came to be my favorite but we're only a little over halfway through the year so far, so we'll see. We'll see if it's the same by the end of the year. But so far, I gotta say, God Seven. Nice. Yeah, definitely. When that EP came out, I chose that as my pick for that week for that episode. I don't remember which episode it mm. was, but that was definitely my pick. Mm -hmm. 
for na 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 though, it, I think I liked um, what's the what's their last one at JYP like last piece was that the song? Uh-huh. I think I like that one a little bit better, but mm. this is definitely in that same category. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely liked um, Got Seven um, when they came out with it. I I'm 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 slacking a little bit though that I haven't gone back and listened to the full album. Uh, but oh my gosh, do it! <laughs> I need to, but yeah, and I'm also too. I'll say too with the, a lot of the new releases you've mentioned too. I'm kind of like slacking with the latest, so I'm definitely adding those to my my list and my playlist for this coming week while I'm working. So you're putting me on game. I appreciate it. <laughs> nice. Uh, before I get to my pick, I just wanted to shout out a couple because this was an extensive list. Um, first off, Stacy Beautiful Monster. It didn't automatically hit right away for me compared to their last few ones, but it was a good one. Um, it's, it was a slow, slow burn for me, but definitely... Um, my favorite on the album was Love. So if you want to get so, sort of my feel for songs from the album, Love definitely stuck out because it definitely had that vibe, chill, that chill vibe to mm-hmm. it. Uh, another, list. <laughs> another one, uh, NCTU Rainy Day. I'm still not very knowledgeable on the whole NCT system, but mm-hmm. when I was listening to the full list, this one definitely stuck out because the whole song was a vibe, even though I have no idea who the members are. And then these, so these three, NCTU and the two that I'm about to shout out. Um, and there's a lot on this list um, for the week that if you're if you're listening and you're familiar with the vibe that I like in K-pop songs that have that like sort of chill vibe, a lot of the songs on this list has it. And so adding to that, Loco and Hwasa with somebody and Lunch never lets you go. They all have that chill vibe to it with that like groovy bass to it. I don't even know how I got to Lunch, but I was about to skip over it when I was um, making the list this week. Really? I clicked on it. I was like, oh, this song, this song goes that definitely added it. Like same thing if I was more familiar with the artist, like, oh, maybe I'll pick it. But going on to my pick for the week. Uh, we got New Jeans. They released three songs. I'm not sure what their whole release schedule is about, but I think these are all like pre-release things. I think Hype Boy is technically considered their title track, maybe, because it feels more like a title track, but Hurt is definitely in the field that I'm in. All of the songs that they released are sort of on the R&B tip, but this is definitely the one that fits my mo a little bit more um mm-hmm. the instrumental is great to this one um it's got that baseline foundation to it and then they also have this like vocal backing track that hits all those like little upbeats to it they've got this synth that sounds like a woodwind that accompanies the baseline and then to fill out the rest of the instrumental they got this these like nice little synth chords playing along with it the music video is a pretty simple it's pretty much just got a lot of close-ups with this like soft filter on them because being the third music video that they released in the same week or so, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they didn't like go full out. But um, yeah, but other than that, like new jeans is sort of like on my radar right now because um, their whole story is that they're a new hybe label. And then so yeah. far all three of the songs, they got this chill R&B vibe to it. So they're definitely approaching the idol industry in a different way. Mm. And so far, the three songs uh, leading up to this release that's coming out pretty soon, they're all sort of on my in my wheelhouse. Yeah, this sounds like something I'd totally be into. Your description of the song like sounds mm. right up my alley. So I might add this first to the playlist I'm making as soon as we wrap up from here. So... Yeah, before we move on, um, I ask this for a lot of people because I always say that music videos and like the idol industry in general, the visual is part of the experience. How do you usually Mm -hmm. consume your uh, K-pop? Do you wait for the music video or if like if there's like a do you just like go through the album first? What do you do usually for your like new releases? That's a really good question. Yeah. For me, I generally consume like the album first. Um, Cause I think for, for me, like it, it all kind of starts with the music 
which is interesting even being like a dancer you would think like maybe the visual would like captivate me more like initially but um yeah I think for me like I'll listen to the song I'll listen to an album like um first and then I'll kind of discover uh the video um Mm -hmm. and we'll kind of touch on this a little later um in one of the next segments but um a song I heard recently, I had heard the song first and then actually saw the video and fell in love with the video um, more than the actual like song, if that <laughs> even makes sense. But mm-hmm. for me, yeah, despite K-pop being like super visual, um, I tend to like, uh, yeah, consume the the song first and, and kind of listen to it and, and just with headphones in and kind of take it in like that way. Uh, That's a really good question, though. So that was GOT7's Na Na Na? And new jeans with hurt. In the news segment, we'll share our picks for what happened in K-pop for the week. So, Vincent, what did you bring for news this week? All right. So this week, I just want to shout out um, that Higher Music recently announced on Twitter that their contracts with JB and CK had expired. Mm. And later that day, newly established agency CDNZA Records welcomed JB as their latest artist. So that happened super fast. Um, CK has worked with Higher Music since 2015, um, but although they won't be with the agency anymore, fans can still look forward to them being a part of Higher Music's upcoming single, BRB. Nice. So moving on, my new story for this week is the MTV Video Music Award nominations. On July 26, MTV announced the nominations for this year's award show, which included... Uh, Several Korean acts, seven to be exact, um, in many categories. BTS snagged nomination in four of those categories, including Best K-Pop, Best Choreography, Best Metaverse Performance, which I found to be an (laughs) interesting category, and Best Visual Effects. Um, With those four, they're the most nominated group at this year's VMAs. Seventeen also received noms for three different awards. They have the Push Performance of the Year for Rock With You and Best K-Pop as well with Hot. Blackpink's also nominated. Um, They have a a nom in Best Metaverse Performance as well for Ready for Love. Um, And Lisa's also nominated separately for Best K-Pop for La Lisa. And rounding out the Best K-Pop category, we have BTS with Yet to Come, The Most Beautiful Moment, Itzy's Loco, Again, Lisa's La Lisa, Seventeen's Hot, Stray Kids, Maniac, and Twice's The Feels. Um, Fans can tune in to see uh, Who Wins Live on August 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific. Also wanted to call out that Best New Artist category, (laughs) Seventeen. Best New (laughs) Artist, despite their debut in 2015. (laughs) What's going on, MTV? We need an explanation. Uh, for that, I'm assuming maybe it's their first, because it's maybe their first appearance at the VMAs, probably. But that's mm-hmm. what I had to guess. Probably, I would assume so. But I wonder how how fans feel. Um, again, Western culture just throwing <laughs> like them in and best new artists, but makes sense, I guess. Mm. Well, that's cool that a lot of these artists are getting recognized because it's slowly and slowly. Uh, that K-pop is getting into the mainstream, but they do mm-hmm. still have to have, I mean, they still have those like categories that are obviously like, oh, best K-pop. Whereas like, oh, if you could just throw, for example, La Lisa or whatever else is in the best K-pop in best pop or whatever. But it- it's a start, but it's nice seeing um, some of my favorites, especially 17, my boys. Um <laughs> That is, it's nice to see them out here. Are there any uh, snubs that you think um, were missed for this list? I mean, given my GOT7 endorsement, <laughs> I'd have to say GOT7. Mm. <laughs> but other than that, I think, um, again, a lot of recognition with the, you know, the seven acts uh, in total. So, I mean, given that it's an MTV, you know, American award show, I think we'll we'll take what we get. But again, always pushing for more inclusion and i think it's great again that you know more of the mainstream culture is getting exposed to k-pop and it's becoming more global so the best is yet to come so that was the k-pop nominations for the mtv video music awards for 2022 before i get to my news story i just want to shout out um to jyp and republic records collabing to host a2k 
aka America to Korea, a US slash Canada based group that will be put through the K pop system. So this is pretty Ooh. much going to be a I think it's gonna be a survival show. Um uh, from what oh. if not, I think it's just gonna be an audition sim- similar to NCT Hollywood. Uh this will Ooh. be a girl group, which I'm actually surprised that they're doing because um it's no surprise that uh boy groups are a little bit more marketable, but um that's nice to see that they are going to be putting a girl group first out there. But yeah, let's move on to my main story, which is Source Music terminates contract with Kim Gotham leading up to her leaving La Seraphim. On July 20th, Source Music released a statement that they have decided to terminate their exclusive contract with Kim Gotham. They also stated that La Seraphim will proceed with five members moving forward. On April 5th, Source Music first revealed Gotham as a member of the group. Soon after, claims surfaced that she was involved with school violence. After the claims started to blow up, it was announced that she would halt all activities. As of this recording, nothing is yet confirmed if she was involved or not uh, with school violence. So that just sucks mm. that she got swept up in the same thing as, say, uh, G-Idol's Sujin and April's Nan. And to date, I still think that they haven't like come to a conclusion on either of those cases because I'm not sure if you followed K-pop um, at the time, but... There's like a wave of claims saying that this so-and-so idol was involved in bullying stuff. Like, I know one that came up was like Stray Kids Hyunjin got caught up in that, Ooh. but they cleared his name. And then there was a ha- there's a lot of them that ca- got caught up, but um, for sure one of my favorites, uh, April's Non, uh, they never uh, concluded that yet. So she's still sort of technically... Uh, ducking out the public eye but um since Ooh. then i've mentioned this before that she ended up at a new agency um after her contract with uh dsp ended but uh what do you think about stuff like this even if you're probably not uh well versed in um this specific uh incident yeah i mean i think in general the thing that intrigues me is just how the record labels in korea in general tend to like like whenever there's a scandal or a claim, like it seems just from my knowledge, like even before investigation, like and go through that just the publicity of like the scandal, like will cause them to, you know, like terminate a member or like end a contract or mm-hmm. like people like leave and stuff. So I find that aspect of it like really intriguing. Um, you know, obviously school bullying and like violence is like a no, but um I, you know, I, I'm more intrigued by just how they tend to, like, handle these things. I think, um, you know, I'm familiar with, like, you know, in Western music, I think, you know, it's kind of, like, innocent before guilty. But over there, sometimes it's just, like, the scandal already is enough just to, like, them to want to, like, distance and, like, not have that, um, you know, associated with the group. Mm-hmm. So I, I find that aspect of it really interesting. Yeah, it just sucks that... Um, even like basis claims could lead up to your cancellation because say if those three examples that I mentioned before, including Garam are all just like people that for whatever reason don't like them because, oh, they, they're famous now. So let's mess with their livelihood that even if they end up being found not guilty or whatever, or their basis claims that the damage is done, that. Yeah, which is sad because they've put in so much work to to be a part of this. Yeah, and especially that even if they are cleared in the end, they wouldn't have the same traction as they did as before that. So, yeah, and I know too that I mean the it's pretty similar too with even like um, actors and actresses, right? Mm-hmm. Of K drama, like the the way that the companies and the agencies like handle the scandals. Are, are pretty similar. I know, um, I forget the actor um, from Startup was in oh, one yeah, recently. Yeah. Uh, I always refer to him as Good Boy. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Oh my goodness. Yeah, him. I think it's Kim Son Ho. Yeah, some, um, similar to that. I don't remember the name on top of my head. I just refer to him as Good Boy. But yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's like the, the agencies, like, you know, the statements come out and then it's, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting how they, they handle it, especially when comparing it to like, you know, Western, you know, scandals and publicity and stuff. 
So that was Source Music, Termin's contract with Kim Garam, leading to her exit of La Seraphim. In the spotlight section, we try to shine a light on something in K-pop, whether it be an artist, song, album, TV show, or the like. Vincent, what would you like to spotlight this week? Okay, so I want to spotlight E.I., Soulja Boy, and Davida's uh, recent collab. I might butcher the name of the song, but I believe it's BTBT. I know it's in... Um, in Korean and it's an abbreviation but um, uh, again it's from B.I. who you know was formerly with Icon which speaking of scandals who was involved (laughs) in one in 2019 but um, I actually want to focus more on the dance video Um, you know as mentioned being a dancer at heart who's less active now but you know still a dancer forever and always Mm -hmm. like this video was just like straight up like my alley like the style um the groove um the way they like the the way they dance to like the choices that they made like i could see the music with my eyes um you know which is a weird thing to say because you know you hear music but with the with with the dancing it's like they're bringing it to life in a different way i guess kind of going back to what you were mentioning earlier just about like the music videos kind of being like the culmination and kind of like that you know of the presentation of like the product and stuff so i just was in love with the video um the choreography was by um a collective of uh five they go by the name and again i might butcher this Mm. um i'm gonna say itty two um but it's five people jinwoo uh youngbin bomb sean and tarzan Um, And they actually recently taught in California back in March. So when I was doing this research, I thought it was cool because that's pretty, um, you know, it's it's cool to see like our our communities connecting West Coast, you know, um, United States and then, you know, Korea and just being like an Internet culture nowadays, like everything's digital. So we're more connected than we we think. But to see them, you know, be close to, you know, the community that I'm a part of um, Mm -hmm. dance wise was was really cool but yeah i don't know i can't say enough good things about this video it was just very me as a dancer and like i could see myself um like wanting to do i don't know maybe a cover like (laughs) maybe maybe i should do a cover of this but i really enjoyed it cover dancer oh my goodness maybe so (laughs) yeah like if if there was anything <laughs> right. I mean, less active these days. I feel like adulting, you know, just mm-hmm. gets to you. But um, but yeah, and, and I guess too with that, like I've I've been less inspired, you know, with like dance lately, like personally, but like watching this, it really inspired me to like wanna move and um I don't know, it was just it was cool to feel that way again because I haven't felt that way. Um, in a while and I think too like k-pop aside like just watching this was just something that like me as a dancer like I would want to learn and like that's how I move and I don't know it was really it was really cool to see like these worlds clashing so mm-hmm. um, that's my that's my spotlight for the week was this a k-pop song yeah it's a uh, very krnb so it, again it was very up my alley and I think I had mentioned like um I heard the song first great song but then seeing the video oh my gosh it just (laughs) took it to another level for me um but yeah it is okay yeah because i saw the names like i'm assuming that soldier boy and davida weren't dancing maybe it was just bi or were they dancing too no i believe it was just bi but um they danced like to that part of the song like it, it it honestly reminded me very much of like you know the you know, West Coast, California, like dance community, um, you know, showcases and stuff. They did, mm-hmm. you know, like a one song medley. That's kind of like what this this was. Um, but it was K-pop. So I like, again, it was like my worlds were colliding. So nice. it, was, it was really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure you didn't hear my pick two weeks ago, maybe. But um, there what are you from like, I'm going to talk about this uh, in my spotlight, but are you familiar with Street Street Woman Fighter? That whole thing? Is that a video game? It's it's a <laughs> no, it's a it's a um <laughs> it's it was like a reality uh sir, reality competition show that they threw. Um oh, okay. but I'll, I'll elaborate more, but pretty much 
they had this like survival show amongst a bunch of um hip hop girl hip hop um dance groups in Korea. Ooh. And um pretty much the it was like between I believe six dance crews and coming mm-hmm. out of that all of the leaders of each group pretty much became celebrities that in I believe J Park released a song uh a week Ooh. or two ago that you should check out because arguably the most popular girl from that show um Noze um she she uh, guest starred in the video um as like the the love Is this interest Nikano? I think so did you see it? Oh my it? god, I love that song. Yeah. Did you watch the video? Yeah. I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that and that was the Yeah. So that's that's a Noze and she's from that show. Um uh, okay. So that was BTBT by BI Soldier Boy and Devita. I'll definitely need to check that out after the podcast. And yes, please. Sticking back on or sticking with the dancing side of things in K pop. I uh, wanted to talk about Be Ambitious because I knew you were coming on the show. Like I said, we we both were um, part of the dance community around the same time uh, where where we were from uh, during school and whatnot. But Be Ambitious is the prequel to the upcoming Street Man Fighter. Um, in English, it's a really weird name because it's it's a follow-up to the wildly popular Street Woman Fighter. And like I said, uh, Street Woman Fighter, it was... A competition show between dance crews that um, is pretty much there's like a bunch of like choreography challenges and um, and like battle challenges. So it, it sort of serviced the two worlds. If you're familiar with um, dance groups and stuff like that, at least where we're from, there's definitely a, a, a delineation between choreography, uh, dance, hip hop dance and uh, like freestyle. Yeah, yeah. freestyle dancing. So they definitely drew a good like mix between the two, even though it still wasn't that perfect. They're coming out with the man version because it was so popular. And like I said, like um, are you familiar with this song "Hey Mama" by David Guetta, um, that swept the K-pop dance scene, where everyone was like doing, like when dance challenges were like at its peak. This is definitely something that a lot of like K-pop groups would dance on TikTok and on variety shows. But if you're not familiar, this really? that show is where this came from. And knowing you, oh. I think you should go back and revisit this show leading up to these yeah. shows that I'm talking about. Because Yeah, no, I will definitely check this out. Yeah, so start with Street Woman Fighter, which is where it came mm-hmm. from. Because it's, they definitely like play up the drama of things because one of the main storylines is that one of the groups had an idol, uh, Yi Cheon from Aiza One, um, mm-hmm. because she was... In the at least in the K-pop world, she was known as being one of the um, better dancers, like up there among like Chunga and stuff like that, Chunga and Sugi. But she took her chances on being on the show, especially like if you compare her to all these street dancers, so to say, she definitely was sticking out. But she was like up there in terms of the choreography. Um, but that was a definitely a show. Like I, I think I like fell off when like. Uh, one of my favorite favorite groups um got eliminated, but it's definitely something to go back to. But going back to yeah. Be Ambitious, which is the name of the show, the show revolves around dance crews, and because there's a lot of freelance or like crewless dancers, it's pretty much an audition show to form a project group um of solo dancers called Ambitious. Ooh. So they took 40 contestants, including street dancers, idols, and industry dancers. I think even in what you talked about from 82 or whatever the group's name is, a name that popped mm-hmm. up was Tarzan. I think he was on that show. Ooh, um, okay. I think some. I think maybe Young Bean has also been on. Yeah. Was also part of it. I wouldn't be surprised if all of them were part of it. But yeah. definitely he was part of it because I remember he had like this whole storyline because even amongst 40 uh, individuals, they tried their best to do these little storylines and stuff like that because obviously you don't have a show without um, <laughs> really dramatic storylines. Yeah, drama. Did you guys watch uh, Singles Inferno? Yes, definitely watch Singles Inferno. So speaking on that, 
uh, si- similar to what I talked about with uh, Cheon in the first show, Street Woman Fighter. Wait, was one of the contestants on the show? Yeah, do you remember? Um, oh. I don't remember his name, but they always said like, oh, he's Sunmi's dancer. Yeah, he's the dancer. Yes, I know who you're talking yeah, he, about. Yeah, he's on the show. <laughs> wow, okay. But some other I like... To say, I have to say, mm-hmm. he's not that great of a dancer, but he's very nice to look at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's definitely part of like the sort of like muscle dancer um, yeah, kind yeah. of dancer where... If you compare him to like act like usual like street dancers or like crew dancers, like mm-hmm. he's in a different ballpark. Yeah, it was definitely giving me like industry model who can dance, but yeah. He did have a pretty dramatic storyline because they did like play the mm-hmm. whole oh, he's a dancer, I think isn't he just a celebrity from that from that dating show? They definitely yeah. played that up, but that's funny. Some notable um people that were on the show were um BM from Card. Uh, they had the main oh, dancer. I love BM. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's a great dude. <laughs> but yeah. you'll probably be disappointed uh, on the show oh. because he didn't really stick out. Um, oh, well, he's a great dude. Otherwise, but I think uh, they had like the main dancer from Pentagon. They had the main dancer from On and Off. But they had this other like main celebrity that was part of um, that was part of Produce One One Season Two. I think he, I don't. He wasn't in one one I believe, but he's part of this um this idol group called Hotshot. He was definitely like one of the front runners that was part of the whole like, oh, he's an idol. Why is he here kind of storyline? But he was there too. Um and then there are some other like big name um street dancers that I don't remember off the top of my head, but something to look out for, but definitely uh leading up to but one thing that I want to talk about is that they pretty much came up with a final 10, final 12. I can't remember the exact number. And then they brought it to um, a public vote, which they did like little YouTube shorts, which I'm not even sure if you could see in its entirety right now. So they dwindled it down from 40 to 12 on the show because it was um, judged by Rain and uh, the leaders from Street Fighter, Street Woman Fighter. And the fun part of it was the first audition piece at least one of them because they had two of them was that um they did um because like i said the wildly popular thing that came out of that show was the uh nose's choreography to that song by david guetta uh hey mama Mm -hmm. they because the way that they did that song was that they had all of the teams do choreography for it so they're like oh they brought out nose like oh blah blah i'm pretty sure you guys know this song and then they were like hi the contestants were hyped. I was like, oh, because I know this song. But they pulled a like curveball on them. Then they brought out the runner-ups of the choreography contest of, in that first season. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you're not doing this choreography that everyone knows. You're doing my choreography. So one of them was um, by Holy Bang, which is a more like hip-hop, groovy kind of piece. While the mm-hmm. other one was by La Chica, uh, which their like, wildly popular leader, um, Gabby, um, she's known for having really girly, twerky dance moves. That it was fun seeing a lot of these male Korean street dancers just like scoffing at like, "Oh, I need to learn girl hip hop and stuff like that." Yeah. So just, just seeing them like twerking <laughs> and stuff was really funny. Yeah, versatile. That's really cool. I'm. I definitely am gonna have to check this out. I know the only survival show i've seen has been um hybes island which and hypen came from but mm-hmm. i was really into the survival show format like i didn't know that was a thing i mean i know like in western you know culture american um there's been like what making the band like danity mm-hmm. kane there's mm-hmm. like been the pussycat dolls like they've had one but when i saw um hybes like version and knowing that there's more of these in korea like I was really intrigued and to know that this one is like dance based, I think is really cool because mm-hmm. even the shows we have here, like America's Best Dance Crew, so you think you can dance, like the format of them are different. And I feel like, um, you know, in Korea, they have a really interesting format and like take on how the shows are like put together and like what the contestants go through. And I think it's cool that it does go to a public vote at some point, you know, to get people like involved and sort of like build the fan bases. So. Mm. 
I definitely want to check this out, especially with the people that um, <laughs> the people that you've mentioned. And it seems too, from like my perspective, just being like a dancer myself, that Korea has a really like thriving like dance community over there. And I actually, I think it was 2019 pre-pandemic, went to Korea um, and bumped into some friends there who are also dancers um, from SoCal oh. um, while we were there. And they were teaching um, while visiting in Korea. And uh, Royce and I, we were there <laughs> and we're like, we didn't even think to take a class while we were here. And nice. um, when we, we saw when they taught, like, again, the community there just seems really um, thriving, like just as much as we are here, like on the, you know, on the West Coast and, and our community and like how connected they are. Um, so it's really cool to see. I'm definitely intrigued and want to check out both Street Woman Fighter and now Street Man Fighter. So I appreciate the, again, putting me on game. <laughs> Wrapping that up again, that was Be Ambitious, which is the prequel to the upcoming Street Man Fighter. To end the show, we'd like to leave you all with some recommendations that aren't necessarily K-pop. Vincent, what would you like to recommend this week? Honestly, I just want to encourage everyone to do a little self-care, you know, take mm. a break or a nap, <laughs> do that 10-step skincare routine, eat a cupcake, whatever you need to do to treat yourself. I feel like life gets so busy and it's so hard and we all deserve just a little little TLC. So that's my, that's my recommendation this week. How about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely coming out of, uh, coming out of the pandemic, and let's all be aware that there's still a pandemic going on. So still be safe out there because I'm not sure how actively you follow general K-pop news, but I think mm-hmm. even within the last week, I've seen a handful of people falling victim to COVID. So like I think, for example, like Mark from NCT, I think. Um, Actually, that's the only one that I remember off the top of my head, but I think <laughs> there was a handful of people like taking a break yeah. from promotions because of COVID. So be careful out and there. One is one too many, so I feel you. So that was take care of yourself, treat yourself, do whatever you got to do. <laughs> um, for my recommendation, I wanted to recommend The Bear on Hulu. This show mm. is actually a pretty short show. Um, I think they're all sub hour long episodes and this show is crazy. Um, the first season is completely on Hulu right now. So you could binge watch if you want. I personally binge watched it all in the same day. I think I watched like an episode at work and then I proceeded to watch the rest of it at home. This show is about a classically trained chef who somehow is working in a, and one of those like sort of hole in the wall like city establishments like he works in a sandwich shop that like you're just wondering like why is this guy even though he has the skills to work in like the top kitchen which he did which is a storyline in the show why is he in this rundown shop with like not trained chefs why is he putting himself through this when he could be like out there making all the money and mm-hmm. just every episode like new layers of this show onion just keeps peeling and peeling that you get you get a sense of why everyone's doing what they're doing that similar to what i talked about last week with um i'm not sure if you're familiar with this vincent uh that jenny is going to be on an hbo drama coming up called the idol no jenny from blackpink yep jenny from blackpink (gasps) she's going to be part of a prestige drama and i'm pretty sure you're familiar with prestige dramas like like uh better call Saul or all these oh, wow. HBO shows but from the trailer itself this looks like it's going to be a raunchy Hollywood drama so yeah i mean raunchy HBO sounds about right <laughs> yeah so at least me coming from a person who is been super used to idol culture where even seeing somebody's midriff is like pretty quote-unquote raunchy for a k-pop scene if like she gets involved in that kind of stuff it might be a little much for fans but at least with the way that the industry is going i think it might be not too out of the ordinary that people are being a little bit more showing skin and being involved in like um 
these kind of things that hopefully she doesn't get herself in too compromisable of a position. Something yeah. to look out for. Oh wait, this is um the weekend show. Okay. Yeah. I've I've heard of this one. And Sam Levinson, the creator, that's the same guy um who heads Euphoria. Yeah, and I haven't watched Euphoria, but I think it's gonna be along the same lines. So if you put the Got two together, it. you'll probably yeah, get an idea I'm of what this show's gonna be to like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, back to the bear. It's just a crazy drama show. Um I think there are a lot of like kitchen chef dramas out there but this one is definitely something that because i've heard a lot of podcasts talking about it that i was like okay i'll check it out and i was not disappointed at all yeah no i i heard of this too recently and i think you're confirming that i should probably watch it so once again i'm making my list longer so thank (laughs) you there's a masterpiece of an episode i'm not gonna allude to what it is or what episode it is or what they do but you'll see when you get to that episode before we get to promotions i'd like to thank you once again vincent for being on the show this week thank you (laughs) well yeah to close out the show do you have anything to promote promote honestly okay i want to plug my army stand twitter (laughs) i really don't have anything to promote but if you want to give me a follow and see what bts content (laughs) i'm into (laughs) lately it's been um it's actually been bts fan art that i've been retweeting a lot of Mm -hmm. um i don't post much um i should drop the handle before i forget huh that's at e zero y s c zero u t boy scout with zeros um but yeah i've been really into bts fan art um and then when we saw ptd uh live back in november um i was posting some of of the footage i saw which i actually have a pro tip if you have i think it's the iphone 13 pro um if you film in cinematic mode it makes like a world of a difference (laughs) for your mobile phone like fan cams um so take that tip check out my army stand twitter give me a follow (laughs) and let's connect on there nice uh you can follow the podcast on all social media or at least all major social media at at idol rumble you can subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform of choice you can help us out by giving us a five-star review on itunes you can follow my goings-ons on lobbyrumble.com where i like to write about all things pop culture i was lucky enough to be given a review ticket to watch stray kids maniac tour in oakland so my review is up on the website and you could check it out there if you want to follow me on so on all social medias i'm at invincible rob music's brought to you by kevin mcleod of incomptact.com and that'll do it for this week's show we'll catch you on the next episode of the idol rumble podcast <laughs>